0: quit. Uh, and it's not uh, what, uh, what you, you think, think it is. Right. Um, I now know I, I just talked, talked about voting next week day. and all this stuff. I'm, I'm not quitting there. You know, people say, well, winners never quit. That's not always true. Sometimes there are things in our lives we need to quit. We, we need to stop. And, and uh, it's hurting us to keep doing these things. And we're, we're in a time and a season... Everybody's making resolutions. Everybody, i going to lose weight. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to do this. I'm going to read Bible more. I'm going to pray more. You know, we've all got these things that we want to do in a new year. Do you know how long they're going to last? There is a social media network uh, for athletes that's called Strava. I had never heard of it until I started researching this. Most resolutions... Are ended by January the 12th. Yes. <laughs> we can't, there's something about us, Mike, that we can't make it half a, half a month in and we already quit or quit. <laughs> We've already just laid back and decided I can't do it. And so this series called I Quit, we're going to look at some things that we need to quit this year. Amen. And, uh, hopefully you'll be mad before this, these messages up. Um, you'll be challenged a little bit and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what God does and so as I begin to think what is the first thing we need to quit this year now only you know what what your what yours is but I'm going to give you one today one of the first things we need to quit is you need to quit making excuses we are real good at excuses
1: You know, as
0: as a people in general, we can excuse anything. You know, there is even websites out there that if you don't, if you've run out of excuses, you don't know what else to do. You type in what you're doing, and it will generate excuses for you. We're good at excuses. Uh, I'll give you that excuse later if you want it. Um, I, I found. Have you ever heard of doctorsnote.com? For $9.99, you can get a doctor's excuse. (laughs) Everybody right here. (laughs) I know what's happening tomorrow. Ten bucks, it's worth a day home. For $9.99, you can get a a doctor's excuse from a licensed physician. And they will print it off and and whoever you give it to will, will... can turn it in and they can actually verify your excuse see we've made excuses and getting excuses and making excuses too easy and so we, we we've sat here with all of our lives and and we've done all these things and we think i can come up with an excuse for everything go if you will to luke chapter 14 and so our first thing that i want us to look at as we quit is well, i want us to quit making excuses I believe if you use the U version app uh, and go on events, these are there. And I say I think because sometimes I forget to hit the button. So if you want to look at it on the U version app, all of our, our notes are on there. But look here in Luke 14. And then he said to him, a man prepared a banquet and invited many. And he sent a servant at supper time to say. to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now prepared. But they with one mind began to make excuse. And the first said to him, I've bought a piece of land and I must go see it. I've got some people in here who buy property on and off. Last time you bought a piece of property that you didn't go see. At least drive by and look at it and know what you were buying was there. But see, he found an excuse. He said, I bought a piece of property and I must go and see it. And I ask you to excuse me. Another said, i bought five yoke of oxen and I need to go prove them. I asked that you excuse me. Now, in today's world, that's like saying, well, I bought a new car, but I haven't test driven it yet. I just, I just, you know, so I'm not going to come to the party so will you excuse me so I can go drive the car that I bought without test driving first? Good excuse. And then and, and he said, uh, the last one, I love this one, and still another said, I've married a wife, therefore, I cannot come. Look, this guy had a piece of property, this guy I had some ox he said man i just got married i'm just not going to show up i'm not even going to offer you an excuse i'm married this is it you know but what do we do we find excuses for everything that god wants to do in our life. see what god was doing here was inviting them into the family he was inviting them in there was a marriage supper that was going to happen and they found an excuse not to take part in the good stuff that God had for them. How many times do we do the same thing? We find an excuse. Well, I can't do this because of this. And I can't do this because of this. God, I would really like to get more serious with you. But, you know, there's this thing. What is an excuse? An excuse means to make apology. I like, I'd like to the, the next one. one. To, to try, try to remove blame. blame. Don't blame me because I'm not coming. I have this excuse. Don't blame me for not getting closer to you, God. I have this excuse. God, I know you're calling me into something greater, and you're calling me into the party, but you know what? There's something else that I would rather do, and so I find myself asking God, take the blame off of me, God, because nobody ever wants to accept blame for themselves. Try that over here nobody ever wants to accept blame for themselves and so we offer god these excuses said don't blame me god i have this thing going on folks do you realize this is what has happened since the beginning of time it means to try to remove blame to pass the fault or to justify Folks, just because that we have an excuse Does not excuse us from following God where God wants to take us. We started out in Luke. He says, "Man, I'm going to throw a party, and I want everybody to come. So go tell all my friends." So he goes, and everybody had it. Why do we find ourselves? Knowing that God loves us, knowing that God cares about us, knowing that he wants nothing but the best for us, and he invites us to just join with him into the glorious things of life, and we still find an excuse because it may take us somewhere where we're not comfortable. It may take us somewhere where we have to get outside of ourselves a little bit. It may require a different part of me that I'm willing to let go, and so I excuse myself. Well, that's just the way I was raised. Oh. Oh. It's just how I was brought up. That's just the way my family is. It's just me. I can find an excuse for anything. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Show you how how adept we are at making excuses. Genesis chapter 2 verse 23. (laughs) Then Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman. For she She was was taken out of man. Now we know this story. God God brings all the animals by Adam. He names names them all. all. And then he says, but in the midst of all of that, there was not a a spouse for man. So a deep sleep falls over Adam. God reaches in, takes a a rib out, creates woman out of man. and, and, And God doesn't call Eve flesh of his flesh. Adam called her that. This is flesh of my flesh. This is bone. This is the greatest thing that has happened to me since the day God breathed breath into my lungs. I've I've watched all the animals go by. This is it, man. I married a woman. (laughs) Story goes all the way through. And he's just gushing over Eve. And then we just flip over one page and we find that one day they're out looking for food and the serpent said the word says that he's more subtle than any other beast the thing about it is here's the kicker he should have never been in the garden the serpent was a beast of the field first thing Adam should have done was recognize something was out of place Should have realized something was out of place even in the woman that he was gushing over. And so she, the word says that, that she took, well, let's just go there. Genesis 3, chapter, uh, verse 6.
1: Now, now we, we know, know this whole
0: story. story. Well, what did God say? Well, God, God said if we, we eat it, we'll surely die. die. Now, did he really say that? See, there's, uh, there's an excuse here. God just don't want you to be like Him. The thing about it was, he, they already were. He was trying to convince them that their identity was something other than what it actually was. They were already created in God's image after His likeness. They were already given dominion over the whole earth. They were already just like God. See, that's what the enemy does to us today, Galen. He just tries to convince us that we are something different than what God has created us to be. And so he says that he said, "Go ahead, try." it. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasing to the eyes, and and a fr- uh, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. But what, but what she do? And gave to her husband with her. her. See, so we we've, we've been painted been this, picture this picture that she, she takes this bite, says, so, "Ooh, this is good." And she runs back to wherever Adam is. She searches through the garden until she finds him. No, he was right there with her. Had the opportunity to stop it. Mm. Had the opportunity to redeem it. But he didn't take his position. And so she turned and gave to her husband with her and he ate. Jump down to verse 11. And he said, here's here's what's happened in the garden. God comes down in the cool of the evening. All of a sudden their eyes are open. They realize they're naked. They sew leaves together. They cover themselves. They hear God coming down in the evening to have his normal evening walk with them. And they hear God and they go and they hide themselves. And God starts, isn't it funny that that's the first thing we want to do? When the only one that can take care of us becomes the very one we hide from. The only one who can remove the guilt. The only one who can cover the shame is the one we want to hide from. And so they heard him coming and they said they hid themselves. And God said, hey, where are you? And finally they answered. And he said, why'd you hide yourself? He said, well, we heard you coming. We were naked and ashamed, so we hid ourselves. Now look at verse... Uh, 11 and when he said who told you you were naked have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat and the man said the woman here's his excuse here's his excuse rather than just saying yep I did it see we, we still do this well I wouldn't do this and fall in my life in this way if I wasn't if you didn't give me this, God, you should have known better. <laughs> I know I prayed for it. I know I asked for it. And I know it's, it's a good thing in my life. But here you gave it to me. Now, look what, now, look what. Now, a few minutes ago, he was saying, this is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. This is woman she has taken from man. Oh, she is so wonderful. A lovely look at her. Daggone her. It's her fault. Because we never want to look at ourselves and say, this is going on in my life because of a choice I made. This is happening because I refuse to just admit that there are things in my life that I have got to get straight. And so every time I find myself falling over the same stuff again and again and again, I say, it's because of this. Now, how deep does this go? It's because of, he said it was because of his wife. Only two people on the planet. That's the only person he had to blame. But we want to say it's because of my mom, it's because of my dad, it's because of my grandparents, it's because of this, it's because of that. It's because a thousand generation curses have been put on my family. Well, I, last time I checked, Jesus redeemed us from curses. So I can't use that excuse anymore. If I've been redeemed and I'm covered by the blood, those excuses are gone from me. So now when I find myself tripping into the same thing, I find there's somehow I need to quit saying, God, this is why I'm doing it, other than just say, God, I'm a mess. I did it again. I blew it. I know I promise you. Everybody's prayed that prayer, God, if you get me out of this this one time, I promise you. I will never do this again. Till the next time. And then i say, oh, man, why did I do that? Oh, I did this because this is my generation. I did this because mama did this and daddy did this. And, well, I'm here to say this year, let's take out all excuses. We stand before God, stripped down, totally naked, and say, this is me. I ain't hiding nothing from you. This is who I am. I've messed up. I keep falling into this mess, and there is no excuse other than, I'm telling you, this will set you free. When we remove it, she, He said, that woman... I've tried to do that with D a a few times. <laughs> that woman you gave me. Now, a few minutes ago, it was like, oh, she, oh she's so great. But now it's that woman. <laughs> She gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate it. Verse 13, and the Lord said to the woman, what have you done? The serpent. Well, you notice they never come to the point where they say, I disobeyed. They never, imagine if they would have repented to God at that point. I wonder what what the outcome would have been. I wonder how the difference would have been if they would have said, hey, look, I'm a mess, man. I I failed. I blew it. I tore it up. Threw it. I mean, I just, I spit in your face. Please forgive me. But that wasn't what they do. And we still do that today. We never just go before God said, hey, I'm sorry. Forgive me. We go, hey, I'm sorry. I know I did wrong. But. But mama didn't love me enough. Daddy didn't love me enough. Grandma, Grandpa carried a curse and, you know, three generations back they were witches and... (laughs) Come on. Am I the only one that's heard this stuff? We offer every excuse in the world. And I say that this year is we decide we're going to quit making excuses. No more excuses, no more finding our way. We're going to stand before God and say, hey, this is me. And I'm asking forgiveness. And I am, you know what, every time that I, I lead somebody into their, this great awakening of salvation, one of the things that I have them pray with me is I promise to do my best from this day forward. You say, well, why is that? Because I know they're going to blow it sometime. You know why? Because we're not perfect. I wish I could look at God and say, I'm never going to get this wrong, God. I promise you. But I don't do that. But what I do have to do is stand before God and say, look, I messed up and I'm asking for forgiveness. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming anything. This is on me. Mm. Rather than seek repentance and a restored relationship, they offered Excuses. How often do we do this? Jody, rather than truly repenting, we offer him excuses of why we did it. Go to Exodus chapter 4. Moses out in the desert, hanging out by himself in the sheep. He looks over and sees a tree on fire, but it's not destroyed. And so he, he, he walks over to it, and we know the story. First thing, the voice comes out of the tree, take your shoes off, you're on holy ground. And then he begins to tell him what a glorious future he has for him. See, because that's where God always wants to take you to. He doesn't promise it easy, but he does promise that it'll be glorious. <laughs> He does promise that all things will work together for good to those that love him and who are called according to his purpose. That's a promise. He didn't say that every step I take to get there is going to be nice and sunny. and sh- Come on. There's an enemy. He don't like you. All right? And so he tells him, I want you to go to Egypt and set my people free. Now, remember, this is a murderer we're talking about. The only reason he's out there in the desert because he had killed an Egyptian and went out there to hide. Rather than take responsibility for his actions, what he do, he goes and hides. Isn't it funny that God will even find you in the desert and still give you a glorious call in your life? He will take you after all the mess that you have made and say, I still have a plan for you. I know the thoughts that I have for you is to give you a hope and an expected end. He will still find you. So he found Moses hanging out out there and said, come over here, take your shoes off, and I want you to go tell all my people that I'm going to set them free. And he said, but they won't believe me. Nor will, Nor will they listen, listen to, to my voice. voice. What's what you he know? doing? He's offering, He's offering excuses. Him. He said, they won't believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord has not appeared to you. We know the story. Throw your rod down, turn to a snake, pick it up, turn to a stick. Stick your hand out. It's full of leprosy. Stick it back in your coat and pull it back out again. It's all cleared up. He said, these signs will show them that I'm with you. Verse 10. And Moses said to the Lord, now, now get this. He's already picked up a snake that turned, a stick that turned to a snake that turned back to a stick. Already had a hand that was fine. Then went leprous. Then was fine again. And now we find him in verse 10. Then Moses said, Oh Lord, I'm not eloquent. What's he doing? Excuses. Lord, I'm not eloquent. Neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I'm slow of speech. And, slow of a t- and of a slow tongue. Here he is, offering an excuses. And I wonder how many times that God, and I don't know how many of you in here are sitting right now, that God has spoken some specific things to you, and you know that he is calling you into doing something great, and you would rather make an excuse than step out into something that's scary. Step out into something that's uncomfortable. Step out into something that it, he promises you glorious. But rather than take that chance, it's easier to say, I'm not a good speaker. They won't believe me. And God tells him, he says, I'll put the words in your mouth. Man, just do what I ask you to do. I don't care that you can't talk. I will put words in your mouth. Verse 14. And the anger of the Lord was inflamed against Moses. Why? Excuses. Because every time he tried to call him into something great, Moses would give him an excuse of why he couldn't. And it actually angered God. Phil, I wonder how many times I've angered God. When he's told me, I need you to do this, but God, here's why I can't. When he's told me, if you will quit this, I will cause this to happen for you can't God and I keep falling into that thing Kevin and I look at him and I say God I, I here's why I keep doing what I'm doing I wonder sometimes now just, how many of you, how many of you got kids in here all right good enough just because you're angry at your kid does that mean you don't love that child okay so just because we think God got angry doesn't mean he quit loving them He didn't quit loving Moses, but his excuses actually inflamed anger. Man, Pastor Ted, I wonder sometimes, what do I need to do? I know what I need to do. One of the biggest things I need to do, and I think we do it this year, is quit making excuses. No more. Just no more excuses. And the anger of the Lord was inflamed against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know he can speak well. And also, here he comes out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now, imagine Moses was actually willing to give up God putting words in his mouth because of fear. And because of that fear, he made an excuse. <laughs> See, that paints a whole different picture of Moses standing in front of Pharaoh now. Moses stands in front of Pharaoh. He doesn't, Aaron's has to be his voice, his mouthpiece. He's the one that spoke for him. Imagine, I wonder how many miracles that we've given up on. How many healings have I missed because I'm real good at offering God an excuse of why I can't do something. I'm real good at offering God an excuse of why this won't work. Or or I'm really good at telling him another way. I know you said do it this way, but I'm telling you, if we go this way, it's easier path. It's a smoother path. I don't have to worry so much about it. (laughs) Then that's not faith, is it? (laughs) So Moses gave up his voice. Because of an excuse. I didn't say God took his voice. I understand that. But funny thing about Aaron is do you realize that Aaron is a guy full of excuses too? His is the best. This is the best excuse other than the guy who said, I got married. This is the best excuse. Listen (laughs) at this one. Moses is up on top of a mountain hearing from God. God's taking his hand, and he's writing out commandments for Moses. Moses comes back down off the side of the mountain, and he looks out, and he sees the children of Israel have made a gold calf that it tells us that Aaron actually took an engraving tool and made it himself. He engraved this image for them to worship. Because I guess thunder and lightning on the mountain wasn't enough. Smoke and fire and a shaking mountain wasn't enough. Give us something to worship. So here's Aaron out here carving out this nice golden calf. Moses comes down and just becomes enraged at the children of Israel. Go to Exodus 32. I'm, this one's funny. Verse 22. Exodus 32, verse 22. Aaron said, do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know that the people are set on evil. You know these people. They're just evil. Don't be mad at me. I know I'm the high priest. I know, I know, but you know, they're, they're just evil. It gets better. Verse 23. For they said to me, make a God for us. Which will go before us. For this Moses, the man that brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. Now, shaky mountain, lightning thunder, cloud. He went up on, it. we don't know if he's coming back or not. And Aaron says, you know these people, they're full of evil. And they came to me and said, hey, God, we don't know what happened to Moses up there. I don't, God took him, I don't know. But we need a God. So will you make us a God? Now look at Verse 24. And I said to them, whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me and I threw it in the fire and this calf came out. Now if you read this earlier in the chapter, it says that he carved this thing out himself. He said, man, I just took all the gold, threw it in the fire and poom! out popped a calf, a gold calf. That's the best one I've heard yet. Moses is standing there looking at this gold calf and he said, man, I don't know how it got here. I just threw a bunch of gold in the fire. There, there it was. Don't we tell God, oops, God, I don't know how this happened. It just, I just fell in it again, God. Seems like every time I turn around, I just keep falling into this mess. My excuses are just as dumb as that one. (laughs) My excuses, Renee, are as dumb as that one. He said, I just, I just threw it in. So don't let your anger. Now, if you want to know the rest of the story, Moses takes that golden calf, grinds it into powder, puts it in the water and makes the people drink it. Sometimes our excuses just need to go back inside. Aaron said, man, I don't know what happened. This evil bunch, you should have never left me in charge. How many excuses do I give? God, you can't ask me to do that. I'm gonna blow it. I don't talk well. I can't I'm gonna fail, God. I failed every other time I've tried to do something for you. Every other time you've called me to a glorious thing, I thought it 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 just blows up in my face. Because you know why? Because I want to quit too soon. Rather than see the thing through, it's easier to quit. Sometimes we quit the wrong things. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah is a young prophet. He is a young prophet. He's arguing with God here, giving God a bunch of excuses. Look what God tells him here in verse 5. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you.
1: And I ordained
0: you a prophet to the nations. He's telling Jeremiah, I sent you to this earth for a specific reason. How dare you give me all the excuses that you can't do it. Matter of fact, before you were ever implanted inside of your mother, I already had a relationship with you. I already knew who you were. I knew knew what you were called to do. Before you were ever born, I had already called you holy and set you apart. How dare you give me the excuse that you can't do what I've called you to do. Folks, if God's not a respecter of persons and he doesn't change, and it says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, if what he knew about Jeremiah, I dare say, is true about you. He knew you before you were born. He ordained you for a, you were put on this planet for a reason. And our job is to uncover that reason and then quit giving him excuses of why I can't do it. When he knows what he created me for, he knows the ability he put in me. He knows the things he put in me. Well, you know, they treated me bad over there before, so I don't want to try it here. Here's my excuse, God, of why I can't be what you Created me to be. Verse 6. And then I said, oh, Lord God, I cannot speak. Here's his excuses. I'm young, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, verse 7, do not say I'm a youth. For you shall go everywhere that I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. What's he doing? Now God's getting ahead of him. He said, I'm going to take away all your excuses first. Before you you say the next one, I am going to, uh, don't be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, now I have put my word. My words in your mouth. Here's the problem with excuses. A problem with my excuses and your excuses is they become habitual behavior patterns. And it it becomes something that I just instinctively know how to do to get out of it. it. It becomes an instinctual, just a habitual behavior problem. But here's... Are you still with me? Here's what happens with excuses. My excuses and yours. Okay? See, there are spiritual ramifications that come with excuses. So we're going to look at what happens in the spiritual realm when you make excuses. The first thing that I believe that happens is generations are truly affected. My excuses have the potential to affect Generations of my children. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13, verse 17. And Moses sent them to explore the land of Canaan and And said to to them, Go up to to this this south land and go up into the mountain and and see what the land is. And the people that dwell in it, it, whether they are strong or weak, few or many. So what do they do? Where, where are they supposed to go? Into the mountains. What are they? We know these as the 12 spies. Thank you, sir. Um, we know these as the children of Israel, the 12 spies that went into the land. So he tells them, go up the mountain, see if this, what the cities are like, see what it looks like. Jump down to verse 27. And they reported to him. We came into the land that you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Big, giant, basketball-sized grapes. He said, however, the people are strong. Okay. That dwell in the land, and the cities are fortified. Okay. And very great. We also saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell in the sea. And by the edge of Jordan. See, what are are they leading up to? They're leading up to giving him an excuse of why they can't do the thing that he promised would lead them to glory. Man, I do the same thing. I know God, I know that's what you promised me. But man, there's this giant in my life, and there's this giant in my life, and, and, and I see, I know, milk and honey, I get it, big giant basketball size grapes, I get it, God, I get it. But man, you don't understand, these things, the strongholds in my life, the thing that I struggle with all my life, I just can't do, so I won't. I like Caleb here. Caleb says in verse 30, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able What did he do? We're able to overcome it. He said, no more excuses. No more excuses. We're not going to fall into that. But the men that went up with him said, we're not able, here the excuses come, to go up against the people because they are stronger than we. How do they know they're stronger than them, Kevin? Last I checked, spies didn't go around saying, hey, look, I'm just here to make sure who you are. Because I'm going to overtake you. We're going to send in all of our people. And we're just waiting on the other side of the hill. No. He said, they're stronger than us. Go ahead. And they gave the children of Israel a a bad bad report. report. What What are they they doing? doing? They They took took their excuses to the the people. Sometimes we take our excuses to our children. this is why the belchers can't do this because if anything bad's going to happen to the belchers to anybody it's going to happen to the belchers now i'm just using my that's not true i'm i'm just using my family because you won't use yours (laughs) what did they do they took their excuse to the people and they infected a whole generation of people with an excuse that they were weak with an excuse that they could not With an excuse. And so for 40 years, this whole generation of people held on to an excuse and it took them into a wilderness when God wanted to take them into glory. And when I offer God all of my excuses like this, I can literally affect generation upon generation upon generation of my family. So it's vital for me to get the get the excuses out of my life. Because I don't want to pass them on to the next generations of the land that we spied out, I'm um, back in verse 32, saying, "The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants." Is't it funny how now the excuse is bigger? First, it was a land flowing with milk and honey and big giant basketball-sized grapes. You know? First, yes, that's what it was. But but now, all of a sudden, it's a land that devours the people. The land is too bad. And it eats up the people that live there. See, because the excuse I give today may be a small one, but the excuse my son gives it may be bigger to him than it was to me. Because all he ever heard, Kevin, was my excuse of why I can't do it, of why he can't do it. And now, I wonder how big that excuse will be to his children. And we find ourselves in patterns of things. Oh my. They said it's a land that devours its inhabitants And all the people who we saw there are men of great stature. Everybody. Everybody was huge. Verse 33, And we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come from the giants. (laughs) And in our eyes... Not in their eyes, but in my eyes, in our eyes, we were like grasshoppers. And so we were in theirs. How do they know how they looked in their eyes? They're spies. They didn't know why they were there. They were just travelers going through. But in my eyes, I was a grasshopper, so I know how they saw me. Folks, imagine if we can get these kind of excuses out. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, those are called according to His purpose. We know for a fact that my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. We know for a fact that He said, my God stands closer to me than a brother. My God says He will never leave me or forsake me, but will go with me to the end. When I know that greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world, and this becomes the words that come out of my mouth, then I have no place for these dumb excuses that keep me from reaching the glory God's called me to. So for 40 years... Their excuses affected a generation of people. Miracles are missed when we walk into the land of excuses. Naaman was a mighty warrior. But he also was a leper. Somebody tells him, go down. And there's a prophet down here so he goes to the king and says, hey, I'm a leper. They said, come to you. I can be healed. And he's like, why, am I going, why are you coming to me? I, I can't, I'm not God. I don't make people well. I don't make people sick. And finally, Elisha sends, says, king, why are you worried about this? Send him to me. <laughs> and Eli- he, so he shows up at Elisha's house with his gold and his chariots and all this stuff. Elisha doesn't even come out to talk to him. Talk about disrespect to a leader. He doesn't even go out to talk to him. He sends his servant out and says, there's a pool down here, go down, dip yourself seven times in that, you'll be healed, go on about your way. way." Well, that's not good enough, so now Naaman's mad. Verse verse 10 of 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings Kings 5. Verse 10. And Elisha sent a messenger to him. Go and wash seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be returned cleansed. And Naaman became angry and went away and said to himself, I deserve better. Uh, I deserve better than this. What do you mean sending me down here? Oh, come on. He says, surely I could have... Surely he could have come out and stood and called out on the name of the Lord, his God, and waved his hand over the infected area and taken away uh, the leprosy. Are not the Abana and a far part rivers of Damascus better than the waters of Jordan, than all the waters of Jordan? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. I deserve betterness, God. I know you're telling me to go here, and it's going to be glorious and it's going to be grand, but it's going to be hard and I deserve better than this God. <laughs> I don't know about you, I've said it. Maybe you haven't. Good for you. He went away in a rage. He gave his excuse. I could have went anywhere. anywhere. Now forget this. <laughs> I like verse 13. But his servant approached and spoke to him, My father, if the prophet would have told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more when he said to you, Wash and be clean. We know the rest of it. He went down, dipped himself seven times, and came back clean. But imagine if he would have just used the excuse, I deserve more than this. What miracle he would have missed. Imagine when when I don't understand the situation and the circumstances that that I'm in and I tell God, God, this ain't right. I deserve better. Over here, it's better. Over there, it's better. But not right here, God. This is dirty water. Where's my miracle? The last thing I want to go back to the verses we started with. Go back to Luke 14. Because excuses will keep you from missing the great things God's prepared. Luke 14, 21. The servant came and reported to his master, the master of the house, then the master of the house, in anger. What was he angry about? Excuses. He was angry about Excuses said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring, bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, master what, are you, what we, we, master, what you commanded has been done and still there's room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Folks, the excuses have to stop. In my life, in your life, in our lives, we, God's people, must learn to cast off excuses. Understand God has a plan for you. And the road and the river you have to dip in may not always be the cleanest. It may not always be roses and sunshine. But you've got to keep your eyes focused on the glory that's at the end of this thing. Keep your eyes focused on the good things. You've got to dream. You've got to trust God. And you've got to do your best to forget the rest. What do excuses really show, Paul? It really shows that I just have a lack of faith in what God's really leading me to. It's just an excuse. It's just a lack of faith. Last scripture. Lamentation. Yes. Old Covenant's good too. Lamentation chapter 3 verses 21 to 25 and I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. Yet I still dare to hope (laughs) when I remember this the faithful love of the Lord never ends His mercies never cease great is His faithfulness, His mercies begin afresh each morning. His mercies are new every morning. I will say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in Him. The Lord is good to those who depend on Him and to those who search for Him. And if I remember this, I can get rid of excuses of why I can't when I know this about him amen Amen. and you can too let's pray father we thank you for today we thank you for who you are and what you are in our life father let us be quitters today (laughs) let us be quitters let us quit making excuses for not doing what you've called us to do Let us quit making excuses for not being the men and the women of God that you have called us to be. Let us quit making the excuses that have held us back for so long. Today's the day we say, I quit. And it's okay. In Jesus' name. Amen.